G'day guys and welcome back to the Campbell's Gambles podcast for episode 7. I'm joined by Blake once again. How are you, mate? Good, mate. It's good to be back. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. All right, viewers, listeners, whatever you want to be called. Um, thank you for <laughs> tuning back in for another week. Basically, as always, we start this show with a little wrap on last week. And first of all, I just want to wrap ourselves. You know, we don't, we don't often toot our own horns on this show. We do it every week, just lying. But <laughs> last week in particular was an absolute fill-up for anyone that was listening to the, to the podcast. Um, Blake, I don't know if you want to run us through your winner last week. Your best bet was a filthy price, wasn't he? It was quite juicy. It was quite juicy. I think, Jason, you had uh, had a few good good winners as well. You were very, very hot on Vangelic in the... Uh, in the golden pendant at Rose Hill. And, and that was uh, analyzed very well as well. Yes. Yeah. We'll just run through some of those winners, both our best bets. I swear to God, every single week, our best bets win like on this podcast. Like we, we, we both had on trivia Brilliant. one week. We both had bloody, who was it? Very elegant the week. Like I think it was like last week, the week after that uh, week before that last week, not only were the best bets that won, like Blake, best bet like on title was like seven or eight dollars. He got crunched into four dollars and he never looked like losing. Yes, and my best bet at the the filthy Gold Coast, Mill Rossa, was like five or six dollars in the three thirty or whatever it was, and she never looked like losing either. And then my trial file once again, Fangirl came out and won by fuck five lamps. So it goes around this weekend as well. Yes, I, I, I did let the viewers know that if, if she was to win at Goulburn on the weekend, she might be backing up in a, in a decent group race at Randwick and she, she's doing exactly what I want. So I'm very happy because Jason might have a bit of a futures ticket on her at um, possibly $30. But regardless, mm. um, the big talking point of the weekend would probably be the Golden Rose in the Congo. What did you think of the race in, in, um, in total, Blake? Uh, well, I mean, watching the race, it looked... Uh, like the pattern wasn't really in Animo's favor, but then I saw a lot of sort of about the race breakdown and it seemed as though Animo just wasn't really there. Like, you know, didn't, didn't perform as well as a lot expected him to. So a um, little bit disappointing there, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. I can't really call Animo, Animo's run disappointing on the weekend, but um in the Congo, beating fair and square, um, sustained speed, did it at both ends, dead set. At, at the start, he mm. was one of the fastest ones out, and he was obviously one of the strongest ones home. So mm. all kudos go to in the Congo, and I guess Animo will be lining up in the, I'd say, Caulfield Guineas over 1,600 metres. I think that would probably be his race. And judging mm. off what he's shown this preparation, you'd like to think 1,600 metres he's got to be very hard to hold out, especially Artorius too. That was a bloody eye catch. Yeah, I was just about to say that it'll be interesting if they meet again yes. in the Caulfield Guineas because Artorius was flying home, absolutely flying. That horse, dead set, ability-wise, tough. I'm going to say it, but I reckon he's better than Animo ability-wise. He just doesn't have a head. He just does not have a head. If mm. he, <laughs> if he had a head, he's, he's got a horse head. He doesn't have a human head, but if he had a human head, He'd be, geez, he could be anything. The sectionals, he can reel off late in races. Jeez. Anyway, regardless, yeah. this week, let's, let's talk about this week now. This podcast will be exclusively group one races only. So, yes, we're, we're keeping the quality. We're getting rid of the quantity. So, let's go straight to Flemington. Flemington will be the, um, the uh, two of the tracks that we'll cover, Flemington and Randwick. And, obviously, there's only one race we cover in at Flemington. But before we do that, We've got to get the track assessment. So the weather is set to be 18 degrees, cloudy, and there are some showers on the forecast. However, it's nothing too significant. Um, mm. The wind is nothing too significant to note, in my opinion. The rail is out nine meters, and there is a bit of rain forecasted today and Friday. So we probably will see a soft five, possibly soft six. So Blake, what do you reckon the track will play like? I'm just got my fingers crossed for a, an even an even track. Uh, we've got the rail out nine meters, so that's probably going to come into play a little bit. If it rains, that might, that might also uh, sort of affect the track, especially later in the day. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm just crossing my fingers for an even track. And typically at Flemington, we do get that. We see horses sort of winning from from all over the place. So I think we we could potentially be seeing something like that on the weekend. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think the typical midfield with cover sweet spot is is Flemington's one of those few tracks where you don't really mind if you tip in a back mark or a midfield. Obviously, the the front the front runners always have the the highest profit on turnovers and the highest strike rates. But if there's any track that you don't really feel too, um, I guess, scared about tipping a back market, definitely be Flemington. Regardless, we're going to head to the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes. It'll be race seven and it's run over the 2,000 metres. I guess Clash of the Titans, if you want to call it that, incentivized versus very elegant. Whose corner are you in, Blake? Yeah, I think it's more of a of a David versus Goliath uh, kind of ordeal we got coming up. But I, I can't be against Verilian at all. Uh, I really can't. Um, I think, although Incentivize has done nothing wrong, and you know all you can do is win um, with, with that picket fence form. He, that's all he's done. But you know he he continues to step up in grade, and obviously he he got that win on the board first up in that Group One, but. This is definitely a, a harder again against Very Elegant. He's going up to 2,000 metres. Um, there's probably going to be more pressure in this race. So there's a few question marks I've got about incentivize. And then you look at the price, they're carrying the same weight and Very Elegant's only a little bit shorter. So I'm I'm leaning towards Very Elegant in this race. Yeah, I think incentivize, personally, I think this race, the mark would be... I guess very elegant should be odds on in this race if it was to be a wait for age race. Obviously, it's a handicap race, which probably brings a horse like Incentivize into it a little bit more. Um, obviously, if this was wait for age, he'd be carrying 59. Um, he's only in the 57 and a half here. So he's, he's quite well in, in at the weights. Um, yeah, I think it's hard to go past very elegant. I thought Incentivize's win to the eye last time. I know we were both on him, we we're both spruiking him, was, was pretty impressive how he. He looked gone at the 300 metres and he continued to dig in. But I think it was more so on further inspection. The horses around him weren't, I guess, the best of the best. Where now he versus a horse like Very Elegant, who if they go, if they're eyeball and eyeball at the 200 metres, she's, yeah, she probably, I'm not, I don't, I don't think she'll give him wind burn, but she, she definitely will yeah. go past him. So, and I think we were speaking earlier, I, there's not a load of pace in this race. Um very similar speed map to what incentivized face last time, but it's just a very elegant, just a different caliber of horse compared to a horse like mm-hmm. a water chasing you down. Um, and she can do it both off a hot tempo and a slow tempo. So she's the one at yeah. 2000 meters. Now we saw her at 1600 meters, like that last hundred meters where she dug deep to win, like it was just ridiculous. So yeah. I think she can make it double digit group one wins. Is there any other horse in this race you want to mention Blake at a bit of a price? Well, there is one that I, I want to mention, but I, I think I'll leave it for you uh, to point her out after this because you, you, you've you been a, a loyal follower of this, of this mare for a while. Um, fan girl. And have been a big fan of her. Um, but, but for me, I just want to point out one uh, sort of at, at a, a, an even bigger price, and that's Persan. Uh, he's got barrier one. He'll, he'll sit close. Um, I think... Although there are better horses in this race, he's, he's only got the 55 and a half um, second up coming into this. I think the 2,000 metres is ideal. And you look at his form, he's got two wins at the track and distance from two starts. Distance form's great. Track track form's great. I think this is a race where, like, obviously, very elegant incentivize and, and, and co are going to be very hard to beat. But especially at $41, which he opened, like, I think that's just too good to pass up. Uh, even though the likelihood of him actually winning is is probably not that high anyway. I don't think it deserves to be, you know, $41 or even $21 that he is now. So that's just one I want to point out. But I know there's one that you're you're keen to mention, Jason, so go ahead. Yes. Well, yeah, I guess Persan, he absolutely, he's a he's an interesting horse, Persan. He he I, I think he was like a 16 start maiden. He was he was formerly with David Payne in New South Wales. I remember seeing him run on days like today at Wyong and Hawkesbury and maiden races. And he did absolutely nothing. And as soon as he gone down to Melbourne, the Kieran Master, well, he put a massive picket fence up. Um, and then last preparation, he sort of dropped off. And I think you tipped him first up and he had a massive gear change. He got gelded as a five-year-old, which is very rare to see, especially a horse coming, having, 
he ran fifth in the Melbourne Cup and he's getting gelded. So I feel sorry for Passan. But um, yeah, I think at the weights, we we're talking earlier, he's very well in with only 55 and a half kilos and he can run an enormous race at the price. So well done to you, Blake, for getting the price. Um, I think I'm going to, my old girlfriend, Colette, uh, I think I fell in love with her. When was it? Probably the the autumn of 2020 when she went on to uh, win the uh, the Oaks. I think I tipped her the week before in the Knox and then backed up again in the Oaks. Um, as we all know, she's an absolute mudlark. Um, she's she's won at Group 1 level, um, or she's won the Eagle, which is probably a Group 1 race in my opinion, but just doesn't, or in everyone's opinion, it's a Group 1 race. This doesn't carry the Group 1 title. Um, and she obviously won in the Group 1 um, Australian Oaks uh, over 2,400 metres on the wet track. So she will need every single millimetre of rain that is predicted to come over the next 48 hours. But her last couple of performances, or her, her two lead-up runs into this race, she's been flying. She's been one of the strongest horses late. Um, and she ran the fourth fastest last 200 metres out of the um, out of the Maccabi. So I think now at 2,000 metres with only 54 and a half on her back, she can be flooding home late. And I think if the rain does come, I think she runs second to very elegant. So anyway, we'll, we will move on. But before we move on, we have a TikTok podcast competition once again it was a huge success last week with zaki i forgot who won it but well done to the person that won it um <laughs> yes so once again we're gonna be back this time it's going to be for a thousand dollars in prizes so we're lifting up our game as always here at campbell's gambles um so basically it's gonna be so simple this podcast uh, this competition this week pick a team team very elegant or team incentivize obviously the massive disclaimer is if neither of these horses win, then there will be no winner whatsoever, but there will be a post as you'll see. I'm just going to put a voiceover. Just follow the steps. It'll literally be like, like this post tag a mate and comment what team you're in. Whoever, whoever wins the race out of these two, um, if neither of these two win, then, you know, I'm sorry, but if very elegant was to win, um, all the names will be put in a draw. And then, you know, I guess it's a bit of a chance. So, that's going to be a fun competition and you got to hear my voice once again because we've got the JC trial file. So I've just had three stints in a row. I'm losing my voice now, but regardless, <laughs> last week, Fangirl, she opened up a dollar 45 and I'll, you know, I, just did, I didn't tip her at that price. I couldn't really tip her at that price, even though she's probably still value at that price. Um, but she, drifted, she, out, she drifted out to a dollar 95 and I got on. So I'm hoping some people actually got on too, because I don't know why she drifted, but, who cares? She won by five. Um, anyway, we've got to head to <laughs> Randwick on Saturday. Um, Cooling Gatter, race two, number two. Um, the three-year-olds trialed about a fortnight ago on the Kensington track. And in my opinion, she was the best three-year-old trialer. Um, she's got really freakishly, she's freakishly, how do I say this? She's an identical horse to the winner of the gym crack last year, um, Entha. Enthar, trained by Kieran Ma, Dave Eustace. She won a trial heading into the race by a big margin, ridden by J-Mac and was a written tycoon filly. So you literally have like dead set, exact same thing here. Like she looks a push button horse and I think she'll be extremely hard to beat. Barrier, not overly, obviously I would have liked a, maybe a barrier six, barrier seven, but you know, barrier 10, it's one turn to a thousand meters. Even if she's stuck three wide, no cover, I'm not really concerned too much she's the best horse in this field and i think she will be winning at the short price blake take it away hong kong hong kong's on tomorrow Shartin's yes, on tomorrow. so uh we got we got hong kong national day um every every season they run they run on hong kong national day regardless of what day it's on so uh we got we got friday meeting uh this friday that's why there was no happy valley on on wednesday night and there'll be no shartin on sunday either so the the next meeting after uh friday will be wednesday next week at happy valley again uh but but friday night um we are going with race three number one speed fei fei um this is this is a horse who he he's in he's in class four, but he's right up the top of the ratings. He's he's on a sixty rating, so he's he's actually eligible for uh, for either class three or class four at the moment. Um, and and with Jerry Chow claiming two and a half kilos, he's he's basically cheating the system, getting down you know to to somewhere in the in the middle of the weights, maybe like fifty eight kilos or fifty eight and a half kilos. Um, but 
he's he's a lump of a horse 1300 pounds um one of the biggest they've got in in hong kong but the way that he's run in his first two two runs this season has been huge um and with jerry chow claiming and and the fact that he he can sit up on on speed in a race that that doesn't really have many other horses who look too promising i think he's the one that they've clearly got to beat and obviously there's no prices until the day of the meeting so tomorrow the, the markets will open and um, keep an eye out on on Facebook and Instagram for the Hong Kong Heroes posts there, but more than likely likely you'll be seeing Speed Fafe in the in the tips that uh, in that uh, in that write up because I think Speed Speed Fafe will be very very hard to beat tomorrow. So that's race three number one Speed Fafe. Beautiful, thanks for that, Blake. Yes, follow us at um, Instagram and Facebook at Campbell's Gambles. The Hong Kong Hero, as you just heard, he'll be posting his tips tomorrow morning afternoon for a massive day of racing charting under lights how how rare is that it's a it's gonna be a good occasion to see regardless we move on to randwick the randwick track conditions 21 degrees cloudy and a few showers very similar forecast to flemington um rails in the true position there has been a bit of rain during the week not enough to affect the track currently it's currently rated good four However, there is a bit of rain forecasted tomorrow, so we might get to a soft five. Um, Blake, expected track bias. I'm, I'm heading to you because you've uh, you've picked out this random track bias very well recently. So uh, what, do you, <laughs> what do you reckon tomorrow, sir? Well, well I mean, you can't give... I wouldn't give myself too much credit for, for, for picking the bias because I think it's pretty straightforward and or at least it has been until now. And uh, I don't really expect too much to be changing. Like Randwick's just playing ridiculously in the favour of leaders, as is like every other track in in Australia at the moment, um, apart from Flemington by the looks of things. But um, yeah, like it, until I see it change, I'm just going to have to stick with it. And and you know, as you as you mentioned when we we're talking about Flemington, that's um, you know, that's in terms of betting propositions, that's where you want to be looking anyway. So uh, I think you know when when the the track bias does favor leaders it just sort of exaggerates the fact that leaders are sort of where you want to be looking you know on any day give you know with any bias um they have the highest roi they have the highest strike rates in in general so um i think that's that's the way i'm going to be looking again um the one thing i will say is that with bigger races you know group one races with sort of the best some of the best horses we've got going around um, it, it is more common to see horses overcome those biases and, and win from, you know, different places, depending on, on what happens within the race, because obviously, you know, you have the best horses in, in the country or in the state going around. So, um, it, you know, you don't throw it, throw the pattern out the window for the group ones, but I think it, it comes into play a little bit less for those races. And it's more about which horses are, are the best and ready to rock and roll on the day. Um, but for the for the smaller races, I'll definitely be looking at the leaders. What about you, Jace? I'll just have to follow the king, the king of Randwick. That's what that's what they're shouting. <laughs> All 53 listeners to the podcast, that's what they're shouting. <laughs> the king of Randwick, he's picked the Randwick track bias out, but that obviously you've got to give yourself some credit for doing that, sir, because that takes a lot of watching of racing, which a lot of people aren't even prepared to do. So well done on that front. Regardless. We head to the first race that we'll be covering, the first group one of the day at Randwick. Race seven, the flight stakes for the three-year-old fillies over the mile. Been waiting for this race for some time. It's actually one of my favourite group one races of the entire spring. Um, mm. Another open race. Star Tontes is currently the $4 favourite, the Queenslander. She's backing up from her enormous run in the Golden Rose. Stuck a form line heading into this race, Blake. Which form line do you side with? Uh, I think it's, it's really interesting having star Tonte come out of uh that that different form line um but i'm sticking with the um the philly form i don't know why <laughs> because i think um i think you and i and most others probably agree that the uh the boys have it a little bit over the phillies this season but regardless i um i think i'm, I'm not really siding with um with i guess that form line i guess i just prefer some of the horses or some of the fillies that are uh, that are coming out of that form line, I guess. But um, yeah, whichever way you look at it, that's the way I'm going. I, I assume you're going the other way, Jace. Yes, I have been one to pot the three-year-old filly form, but especially stain form. I just don't think it's 
I don't think it's very strong. And I'm just going to quickly go into the race myself before I throw back to you for your selections. But I think just, just to pot your pick <laughs> straight off the bat, I'm just going to literally go at you. But um, as we know, Jamea beat home um, basically all of these fillies in this race. And she did it brilliantly from the back of the field. Um, and then Jamea's come out and ran not so well last week against the boys um, and Star Tontes beat her home pretty comfortably. I'm not sure what happened to Jermaine. Maybe she pulled up this or that, or, or maybe that just wasn't her race and it was different race shape. And, you know, there could be a million of million and one reasons why she didn't beat Star Tontes home. But the simple fact is Star Tontes beat her home. Um, obviously horse race is not that simple, but I think Star Tontes brings a different form line here. She's coming out of the strongest race in my opinion. Um, and, the team have had to pay the big bucks to basically get her down here and to scepter in these races because she's been a later scepter both times. Um, also, with Star Tontes, she won over the 1350 at Doombin two starts back emphatically. The horse called Bulu that came third came out and won over a mile at Toowoomba by about two or three lengths um, on Saturday. So, obviously, if she was stronger, obviously, it's not how do I say this? Yes, she won at 13.50 in that horse that came third one at 1,600 metres. Does that mean she's got to win at 16 or run out at strong 16? No, but it's a good indicator that, you know, she beat home strong horses herself, so she might be strong herself. Uh, the other one I want to make a case for is obviously the horse that I tipped last week for the trial files fangirl. I would have liked her to draw better and I probably would have liked a stronger jockey booking. Uh, no disrespect to Jeff Penzer, but... You know, this is the city now, brother. <laughs> You're with the big boys. You're with the big boys in the in the big jockey enclosure. So she's drawn tricky and she's got probably a negative jockey booking. So I, I think her win at Goulburn was mind blown, really. Like she dead set. She ran, she ran almost two seconds faster than the other 1400 meter maiden race on the same day, and almost a second faster for the last 600 meters. So she did it at both ends. She did it early and she did it um, obviously closing off. So. I think she's really smart. I think whatever happens tomorrow, she's only got to improve and go on from it. Um, I'll let you talk about your selections now, Blake, but I'm with number five, Star Tontes, and one for a bit of value, number 12, Fangirl. All right, thanks, Jace. Um, going directly against you here. <laughs> but um, but I, I'm, sticking with, I'm sticking with four moves ahead in this race, um, and that's, that's purely because I've, you know, as much as I've sort of been looking around this filly uh, for the first sort of three starts of, of her prep this um, this spring, she's continued to put the runs up that, you know, were either were or weren't expected. It, it, it hasn't mattered. Like she won last time. And, and I remember saying this last week on the, on the podcast that if, if form is ahead did go forward, she'd probably be pretty hard to beat. And that was sort of the only query that I had with her. We were saying, that you know, because she went back the week before from from a, a similar barrier, that she'd probably do the same thing, and that they were trying to get her out to a mile. Um, and and then and then I came back and said that well, you know, that's probably true. If she does go back, it it probably won't look good for her again, as it as it did when she ran fifth over the twelve hundred meters. But if they do go forward, she's she's sort of shown before that that's the way that she wants to be ridden and and obviously like we said multiple times already that's the high strike rate play so i think barrier 13 they're, they're not really going to have a choice but to go forward if they want to if they want to put the to put four moves ahead in the race again so i think uh given the fact that she hasn't done anything wrong in her first three runs uh now she steps up to the mile obviously but every every horse in this race has has a query at the mile none of them have none of them have been up to it and you know given the fact that she's going to sit up on speed i don't mind the wide gate i think that you know the fact that she goes forward she's going to she's going to settle somewhere up there and i think that that's going to be the place to be on the day so i think that that's what for me four moves ahead has on star tonte who is likely going to be a little bit further back in the run and and potentially sort of buried among a few other horses so my main my main sort of hope for me is four moves ahead in this race just given you know she's been the one to beat so far and she's going to be up there um and then and then around her i i still i still have a soft soft spot soft spot spit it out for swift witness who are who i was with and i had something on 
in that first up run um, where she won over the 1200 meters, but she's another horse who knows how to go forward, knows how to, you know, put everything in until the line. And she showed that last time running only half a length behind four moves ahead. So, so those are the two that I, I'm, I'm focusing on here because I know that they're going to be up there. I know that they're going to, you know, have every chance in the run. And I think that that's the spot that, that you're going to want to be in this race. And then just one that I want to have a spec on sort of around them. I know Jason, you like fangirl and also star Tonte who are both probably going to be back in the field, but another one that I want to highlight, who's probably going to be back there somewhere with them is Von Trapp. Um, that was, that was a horse who caught my eye finishing off last time at 51 bucks um, and and he's drawn horribly again but the fact that he goes back I, I guess it doesn't really matter where you draw when you go back like that and and the fact that he finished off like that over the 1400 meters tells me that the 1600 will will be even better and will just give him more time to potentially run them down it's it's only going to be a small play on Von Trapp for me because I think that the horses on speed will you know have a have a very high likelihood of dominating this race and that's just the way that I looked at it but yeah Von Trapp is just one that caught my eye even from from his trials before he before he debuted and he's one that I've liked the look of so it's just a small spec for me on Von Trapp but yeah I, I'm I'm focused on the horses who are going to be up there and that's Swift Witness and four moves ahead for me yeah I, I agree with you with Von Trapp if there's got to be a horse that's just got to jump out of the ground at a mile it is going to be Von mm -hmm. she was desperately unlucky on debut came out and one emphatically at Hawkesbury. And then she was, um, once again, probably the strongest horse from the back of the pack. Um, she's bred by Frankel. Um, she, she will definitely run a mile out. It's just whether or not she's got to be close enough to actually run into the race. But there's our thoughts for the, the Group 1 flight stakes. As I said, one of my favourite races of the entire carnival. I like seeing the, like the three-year-old fillies. The girls run over a mile. How good is it? <laughs> But regardless, we're going to head over to probably the second most prestigious mile race at Randwick all year, the Epsom Handicap Race 8. There's no better handicap at Randwick other than a Doncaster, I'd say. So it's a very, very deep field as these handicap mile races are. And you could make a case for a dozen horses in this race. But Blake, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you, out of all these horses, who do you reckon maps the best? And... Just name two or three horses. Give me a few explanations why you're in their camp. <laughs> well, this is this is a this is a where the bloody hell do you look race. Like <laughs> you can <laughs> you can make a case for the entire field. Like take oh, out Ashman, on, on, Ashman and take out Ashman, and you oh, yeah. can make a case for every horse. <laughs> Sorry, <But> no. <laughs> um, no, this is this is a, a mouth-watering race. I'm I'm super excited to to see this race and. Although these are not my favorite races to bet into, and I, they shouldn't be anyone's favorite really in in terms of a betting proposition, because it's like <laughs> it's like throwing darts at a dartboard with a blindfold on, honestly. But um, but no, these these are the ones that make for exciting watching. Yeah. Um, so you know, being being an avid racing fan uh, before before a punter and a tipster. These are these are my favourites because you know this is this is the pinnacle of of horse racing. You have got the Melbourne Cup and races like this with huge huge fields, all the best horses going around. So um, yeah, this is this is really really exciting. Um, the the main the main horse for me that I'm looking at is Mawunga, and I don't although although he's not drawn well, the the, the he's the standout for me on form, and I mean he he probably should be for anyone. He he ran. He beat very elegant winning first up over 1400 meters. Then he went to Melbourne and ran second to incentivize from barrier 10 at $4.40 and you're getting $7.50. Now I know he's drawn barrier 13. Like I said, it's not ideal, but he's a horse who's won over the shorter trips and the longer trips. So I've got no question that he's going to be there regardless of, of the run that he gets, he's going to be in the finish. And for me, you know, Obviously, he's he's the highest rate. He's he's number one in the race, and for me, it was just a matter of I know what I'm going to get with Moonga when I back him, and so that was the reason I had him on top there. Um, whereas you know, I think Riadini from Barrier 15 had Barrier one last time. It doesn't set up as well for him, in my opinion. I know he drops down a lot in the weight from 59 to 51 and a half, but 
as favorite you know if he was if he was if he was double figures and some sort of value he'd definitely be a play for me but i can't have him favorite in this race um with mawunga the bringing that form in um some other horses that i think get good runs like you asked jason uh, in the on the map i really like uh the map for arameo and he's not a horse that i've tipped in this race but he he is one that sets up really well to get a good run from barrier five and i think pretty much all the horses who are drawn around that kind of area like reloaded's got barrier six he's he's a, a a real dark horse for me in this race he finished off really well over the 1500 meters last time and i mm -hmm. i just have a really i have a sneaking suspicion that he's going really well and he's and he's improving with his with his racing he's now a five-year-old um glenn boss on is a massive 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 tick for me he there's there are not many other jockeys i'd rather have on on a horse in a race like this he he knows exactly how to win big races like this and with 51 and a half, uh, not even 51 and a half he's got 51 kilos it's yeah 26 he's bucks a proven, uh, I think. he's a proven group one horse reloaded he's got serious form i know he's as we were saying earlier he's a horse that doesn't have the wins on the board however jesus he's run some absolutely enormous mm. races but anyway sorry i just wanted to cut sure no, no, for sure, for sure. That's um that was that was one I was happy to have 51 bucks on before. Um as soon as the barriers came out, he was 51. Um, so I, I'm on I'm on him already, but he's gonna be in the play for me. Um Mawunga is obviously a lot shorter, but I think I know what I'm gonna get for Mawunga. Um there are a few others that get good runs. I know you're gonna you're gonna talk about a few of them, uh Jace, but just the other one that I'm looking at is a tissue. I know. We spoke about this earlier, and the win wasn't the win wasn't anything anything uh, to catch the eye or or anything special to the eye uh, last time. But he's she she's got the she's got the wins there. She knows how to win, and that's that's the form race. The horses who have won uh, that race coming into this ha have been the winners. I think in the last three years straight. So that was just one that I wanted to have something on it at the double figure odds with you know only 50 and a half kilos there's definitely worse that you could have in this race but uh take it away jace with with who you're interested in and who you think gets the best run in this race yeah well looking at the tips we've tipped six different horses out of seven <laughs> so it just shows how deep this race is and as you were saying earlier these aren't probably the smartest races to be betting on however you can test your skills as a punter and a form analyst with these races it's really interesting because mm -hmm. These handicap races, it's basically weight versus class. You know, how far does class mm. take you and, and how much how much does weight actually affect a horse? So for me, when I was looking at the barrier draws, I had two or three horses. I already have, um, I'll just come out clean and just say I have money on ice bath, uh, pre-barrier draws, pre-everything. I got on Sunday night as soon as I looked at the figures from the race on the weekend. Um, however, the winner from the barrier draws, in my opinion, was definitely Arameo. He's drawn an absolute peach and he can actually sit forward the reason why he is the winner from the barrier draws is because he's had two runs today back since he's um since he's been back in australia he's drawn barrier nine of ten had to go back and he's drawn barrier nine of nine had to go back now he's actually drawn barrier five of 17 he actually has the option to probably sit midfield here so he's the big winner in my opinion and i think he's absolutely flying he's been one that's looking for a mile um he's probably my top tip in this race currently Based on the fact that he did run second to Zaki first up back in Oz, Zaki's probably the second best horse, if not the best horse in Australia currently. And I thought he'd run the build Witchy. Um, sectionally speaking, it was the best run in the race. And visually, I thought it was probably the best run in the race. Obviously, a tissue won the race, um, but he meets that galloper three and a half kilos better off for a, what, a 1.5 length, um, I guess, deficit. So it's not a big arc to turn it around, especially when he can actually sit further forward so I think he beats that runner home personally um, and I like Alicia Collett on board Alicia Collett's been absolutely tearing it up in uh, the provincial New South Wales my hometown um, so Arameo on top for me other ones I've already played obviously Ice Bath uh, thing is with Ice Bath her two best runs in her career have been off seven day turnarounds both at the Randwick Mile first of them being she's gone down a pimple to Colette um, in the Golden Eagle and she's also gone down a pimple to Cascadian in the Doncaster so obviously handicap race 600 meters randwick so her last start she ran the fastest last 200 meters of the day 
um, at Rose Hill last week. 10.78 was actually two lengths faster than anything else. Um, she drops to 52 kilos here. She's drawn a little bit sticky. Um, so she, obviously she'll have to get some cover, but if she can find a three wide um, running, I'd, I'd rather see her. She's a type of horse where I'd rather see her draw in and ride for luck rather than draw out and be fully exposed and wind up because she doesn't really have a long sustained run, but she has a very short, sharp sprint. So I yeah. guess, I guess she's the one, um, another one for me. And the last one, i got to stick fat with Dallasan. I have to stick fat with him. I, I am a big fan of this horse and Blake has pointed out, it might be a bit of bias speaking here, but he is a group one handicap horse. I don't know how many times he's said he's not a wait for age horse, but he's a handicap horse. And he's proven in the past, he can run big races against good opposition. And he ran third in the Doncaster last year. Um, and that form line ties in with the ice bath. So it makes sense to me. He's run at Caulfield over 1400 meters. Um, Barry 15 of 16, he's drawn much better here. That was one of the better runs of the day at Caulfield. He actually ran home in very sharp sectionals. Obviously not as good as I'm Thunderstruck. Um, and he probably took all the, I guess, attention away from Dallas run. But third up, a mile, James McDonald uh, booked, um, booked for the ride. He's a horse that can sit further forward. Once again, he's a horse that's drawn terribly this preparation, uh, this campaign so far, but he's proven he can sit forward. He, he led the Queen Elizabeth Group 1 race against a David Very Elegant, and he, he sat fourth um, from Barrier 1 in the Doncaster. So he's a horse that can sit forward. And I guess the other one, Private Eye, um, shout out to the senior. He's definitely not listening, but um, he told me that Private Eye has been targeted for this race. He told me about three months ago, and I guess everything's online for Private Eye. It just depends, um, I guess, Blake's a bit concerned that if, if, if he can run out of a strong mile. Um, not really a concern of mine personally, but it just depends mm. if he's up to, up to this class. Um, anything more from you, Blake? Uh, not really. Just just as you were as you were speaking there, Jace, about barriers. I just want to uh, sort of reassure anyone who's considering backing horses who are drawn a little bit wide that it's not it's not the worst place to be in races <laughs> like this historically. Historically, what did you read, I know you know different <laughs> different uh, different years. Obviously, you know you have different patterns and different things going on. But I, I do remember looking at the the past. Um, the the past uh times that this race has been on the horses like the the last three winners or or something like that were all double figure barriers um and i think that that just comes down to you know what sort of a run you get like i don't think the barrier per se is what makes or breaks the the horse's chances it's more where they end up in the run so you know a horse that you know is drawn a little bit a little bit softer you know, eight, six to eight, six, nine, ten, something like that, typically has a better chance of slotting in and just not being caught out punching the breeze than a horse who's drawn, you know, 14, something like that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely not the worst place to be. You know, it's if if there's any race on the day where you would be less concerned that you've drawn a wide barrier, it's probably this race. That's just um that's just my take on it. Yeah. Beautiful. Bit of insight there for the listeners from the great Blake. Uh, we move on to the last race we'll be covering. Race nine, the Group 1 Metropolitan Handicap over the mile and a half, 2,400 metres. How good is this one? Montefilia is the current $5 favourite. There's been a massive betting move for a horse down the bottom called Zarek. Um, don't know if you've got the 20s, Blake, but he's currently $8. Uh, very sad. <laughs> Tears rolling down my cheeks currently saying that. Um, Blake, who are the main hopes in another deep Group One race? Spewing, spewing about Zarek. Man, if he was that form early enough, if he was that price. If he was that price when I did the form, <laughs> I'd have no money left. I reckon. Um, no. World House. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> no. So, um, in terms of in terms of the best the best chances in this race, I think the market's got it, got it pretty, pretty well spot on. Um, that's, that's the way I saw it. Um, I will say before I go into it that I have mentioned before, and this is concerning me a little bit being on some of the shorter price runners in this race, that these are the races where you get the, the, uh, roughies, the roughies popping up out of nowhere and, and winning at a hundred to one or well, not a hundred to one all the time, but you know, double figures, 20 to one prices like that, where, you know, you have the huge fields and, and it depends more over, over the, 
the mile and a half, it depends more on what happens during the run, what pace they go at, you know, which horses get held up, which horses are coming around wide and, and that sort of stuff as to which horse. The happy happy you know, win just those ones. Like the happy win-wins, the good luck, good lucks. They're coming from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So um, I, I'm a little bit concerned myself on being on some of these horses, but, but for, me, for me, it's Montefilia. Montefilia is the one to beat for me. And I think that the market's got this, got this pretty well spot on with, with Montefilia on Taunt being uh, the two heading the, heading the market at the moment. I don't think she's ideal deserves to be, or not deserves to be, but I don't think that she's, uh, she's a betting proposition in this race, at least for me. Uh, she had a lot set up her way to win last time and she was a lot shorter than she is here, but being close to favoritism for barrier 15, you know, uh, it's especially, especially with the weight, the way that the way that the weights look coming out of the, that last race, I don't want to be with she's ideal, but I think Montefilia on Taunt and now Zarek is, is the fourth favorite. Would you believe? I think those three uh, are probably the, the main hopes in the race. And I think the market's got it pretty spot on. Um, are there any others that, that you think, uh, have good chances in this race, Jace, or you think the market's pretty pretty good? Well, I think the market's quite spot on. Um, I think with these races, the first thing that you have to do is go back to recent history to find the right lead-up races. Um, and then from there, you look at the lead-up races and you try and pick out the strongest lead-up race. And no doubt in my mind, the Kingston Town Stakes is the strongest lead-up race. Um, and that form line's already been proven with your best bet your best bet, Blake, Entente from last week, coming out and smashing the field. Uh, I think the problem with Entente, he has to back up three weeks in a row, which is if he wins this race, that's a Herculean effort. But count me out because, because that's just, no, no, not for me. I think that's a bit too much. I think he's got a, the balloon has to burst. But if he wins, then Entente, I'll be the first person to go up there, shake your hoof and say, well done, brother. But um, <laughs> um, I have to agree with you, Blake. Uh, Four races we've done so far. We've agreed on two and we've disagreed on two terribly. But I agree with you, Montefilia. Um, she has been the she's returned so well. Like her her run first up was enormous from back in the pack. It was it was one of the better better runs of the entire day. And once again, from the back of the pack on a day where it was really hard to make ground wide, um, in particular, she ran the fastest last six hundred meters or equal last fastest last six hundred meters. Oh, I'll tell you who ran the equal fastest last 600 meters to her after I finished with her. But um, yeah, she was, she was magnificent. And I was with She's Ideal that day. Um, but I agree with Blake. She's not a betting op, uh, proposition here for me. She, she goes up in weight. She's not as well weighted as she was in that particular race. Um, whereas Montefilly actually goes down in weight. And obviously she's drawn sticky. And She's Ideal is one of those horses where I'm very happy to back her off inside barriers because I know she has the ability to sit further forward. But when she draws back, they don't even bother doing any, they don't push the button with her because she's very small and she doesn't really have, I'd say, the biggest wind up. She's, she has a very short, sharp, not, not, like, not short, but she has a sharp sprint. Let's just say that. Um, don't know where I'm going with this. But Attorney was one that I backed uh, on Sunday. I think he's the horse that's run identical figures to Montefilia. Um, he's absolutely flying. His first up run in that Chelmsford, his last 200 metres was the best of the race. But, you know, you wouldn't know that if you're just looking at it and saying, oh, he came at 11 for 13, being six and a half lengths. But sometimes you've got to factor in the sectionals because they, they tell more than just what you see visually and what you can just read on the form guide. Um, this horse over the distance is excellent. He's won two races over the distance. Um, and he's also won a race, I'm pretty sure he won over... 20, yeah, he won the Packenham Cup last preparation over 2,500 metres. So once he gets above 2,400 metres, he's the real deal. Um, and I remember when he first came to Australia, they actually had Melbourne Cup aspirations with this horse. So um, maybe this is his year to squeeze into a Melbourne Cup. I'm not sure how he's got to do that. But, you know, J-Mac could probably try and ride him in there. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, Barrier 20 is his biggest turnoff for me. But he, he'll be the one that's flooding home late with any luck. And the other one... As we've mentioned, Zarek. Zarek comes out of that race. He goes down five kilos. He's drawn perfectly in barrier three. He is able to sit midfield with cover. Maybe with 50 kilos in his back, they could, you know, not risk him, but ride him a little bit more handier. 
just behind the leaders. Um, th there is good speed in this race. There's there's multiple horses that can go forward here. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm landing with Montefilia from on uh, attorney and Zayrek. What about you, Blake? Uh, yeah. So so like I mentioned, uh, Montefilia for me, um, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head with with her and that breakdown, Jason. But I just want to want to highlight that Montefilia's Montefilia's run last last time was so good that she ran the the that that fastest last 600 meters that you said jason but that was that was a fast enough last 600 meters to beat every horse that ran in the in the 1100 meter race where eduardo and nature strip went head to head there were only two horses that would have beat Montefilia over that last 600 meters in that race. And that was Gaitra and Mars Crusader. So that just shows you how fast that actual last 600 meters was given, you know, that, that, that race with nature strip and, and Eduardo Gaitra and Mars Crusader, that was basically, you know, the, the Everest before the Everest over 1100 meters, half the distance that Montefilia ran over and ran, you know, a similar last 600 meters in. So I think personally that run was huge and that's, that's the writing on the wall for me, for her coming into this race. And I know she hasn't, she hasn't put the runs up before over the 2,400 meters, but I think she's come back very well. And I've, I've been all over her since the first up run. Um, so I'm sticking solid with her as my, as my main, main hope here. Uh, I think, I think Entente is, you know, like I said, the market's pretty, got this one pretty well spot on. He's drawn well gate, uh, gate four. And I think if, if Montefilia can't make up the ground because of the the track bias or because of the way the race is run, I'm looking to Entente uh, as the horse the horse to beat here. He's only got 52 and a half kilos, and and given the way he's been going and the fact that he's won now over the 2400 meters last time, I know he's backing up again, but the fact that he's put that run up now at 2400 meters tells me that he can do it again. Um, obviously, you're taking the query that you know he doesn't show up again going the, the the back to back to back um, but i'm happy to take that risk knowing that he's going to get a soft run and he's not going to have to do the work that a lot of other horse other horses are going to have to do and he's got that fitness edge having having run that 2400 meters so i'm happy with him and then obviously zarek the thing the 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 one thing that i want to mention quickly with zarek is patrick Aaron won this race in it might have been 2018 2019 and Patrick Aaron ran an almost identical run in the, uh, is it the Kingston town that they ran last time? The, the run from Patrick Aaron was almost identical. He drew, I, I'm not sure if he drew barrier one, he drew very low in that race, was, was a little bit held up and, and coming into the straight, got out and showed a little bit of a dash over the 2000 meters. It wasn't enough to say, you know, the writings on the wall He's going to run a huge, huge race next time. But then he drew well again in this race and he came out and, and basically got the exact same thing, got the gap late and just having that extra run under his belt over the 2000 meters was able to do it over the 2400 meters and win. And I think Zarek sets up to do a very, very similar thing here. And with only 50 kilos, like <laughs> he's going to be flying. So I think if he gets the right run, like, uh, like Patrick Aaron did that those few years ago. I think this is this is the right setup for him. And that $23, man, I'm spewing about that, kicking myself. But yeah, I think those are the three that I want to be around, Montefilia, Entente, and Zarek. So no surprises for me. All right, beautiful. Those are the Group 1 races we'll be covering this week, listeners. So I hope you wrote down those tips or you just have to replay the podcast one more time, get our, get our views up higher, 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 higher. Regardless, we head on to our traditional $100 viewers competition. Um, Zach Roddy, a longtime listener, follower, unfortunately bowed out last week with Animo and Artorias. Um, so, yeah, sorry, Zach, but thanks for joining, joining in on the fun. Um, got to update the standings now. Harry currently sits first um, with $420 and Cody second with $390. So the boys are hanging very strong at the top of the leaderboard. Um, this week, we're actually introducing two new people to the viewers' competition. Uh, first of all, Elliot Prasad. He's got to tackle the Turnbull Stakes. Uh, he's a big fan, Elliot Prasad, of um, Little Campbell's Gambles uh, star. He's 
he told me that he's actually been filling up on um, Campbell's Gambles winning the race. <laughs> so it's very good. Star's going to be trialing at Wentworth Park next Tuesday for anyone um, interested. So I'll let you guys know how he goes there. So he's recovering well from a little setback injury. Regardless, Elliot has his $100 on very elegant. Do you reckon that's a very smart decision? No pun intended. For sure. I, I, that's the right horse to be on in that race for me. And you know what you're going to get with a, I think it's a, it's a safe play. And uh, he's not going to be uh, putting up a, a massive, massive total for, for others to run down, but he's giving himself every hope with uh, putting something <laughs> on the board at least. So, Unlike some of our viewers, come on, guys, at least get on the leaderboard. Anyway, <laughs> um, the Epson, Vivian Blackmore-Moore, he's dead set messaging me right now. Dead set, literally. Vivian, how poor is this? I literally messaged you three hours ago, and now you're only replying to me. That's disgusting. Here we go. Aha, all right. I'll quickly pick something. Moonga on the schnoz, mate. So Vivian, Let's go. Vivian will be following Blake and the Moonga Annabelle Nisham trio. Annabelle's going for a, what is that? Fourth group one, maybe. Moonga, hundred dollars the win for Vivian. Thank you, Vivian. Bloody hell, right on the dot. Come That's on, Viv. Give him strength. A bit like Viv Richards. How good. Anyway, regardless, hundred dollar <laughs> competition between yourself and myself. Jeez, I'm, I'm picking up ground on you from last week. <laughs> um, no, I'm going further in the red. I'm minus $295 and Blake's plus $307.50. So he sort of dropped down a little bit from his freakish effort. But regardless, Blake, let me know, what do you want for the Turnbull Stakes? You have $100. How are you going to use it? Yeah, mate, we, we took a little bit of a hit last week, but we, were, we went a little bit riskier uh, in some of those races. Uh, he was... Very, very unlikely to get beat there. So, I got my in hindsight, I should have just in hindsight, I should have just banked that hundred and and, and played safe. But I, um, no, I actually banked one hundred eighteen dollars. You paid a dollar eighteen starting price. So. <laughs> <laughs> you've made you've made eighteen dollars of ground. Yeah. Back. <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> no, so uh, so so the hundred dollars in the Turnbull, I'm um, it's it's pretty obvious. I think. Very elegant's the one to beat. So I'm going 75 to win on very elegant and then 15 to win on Colette and 10 on Persan. Those are the uh those are just the the ones around very elegant that I think could, you know, run give a little bit of cheek. But I think very elegant's the one to beat. Yes, I am also going 80 to win for very elegant and 20 dollars on Colette. So I guess if I don't at least break even with you in this race, I'm just heading for the hills because if Persan wins at a big price. Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Percy. Let's go. <laughs> this stuff is just getting wider and wider. But regardless of what stakes, I am saying stuff the three-year-old filly form in Sydney. I think it's absolutely shit. Um, 50 to win Star Tontes, best three-year-old filly in this field, and $25 each way on Fangel. She's the one that could just blow them off the park. She's untapped and she's very, very good. And Blake's just absolutely having spasms with this. <laughs> yeah, well, you're you're saying stuff the Philly form. I'm saying stuff the Queensland form, and I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we've got Queenslanders uh, that listen to this podcast. Don't be rude. We love the Queenslanders. <laughs> <laughs> <Are you> blues? <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if there were people running, I might be saying something different. But no, the um, I'm going I'm going fifty to win on four moves ahead. I think she's been the one to beat with, for the Phillies the the whole time, and. And Startante at the end of the day is, is a filly. So she's uh she's still got to beat the Phillies to say that she's the best one. Um 50 to win on four moves ahead, 20 to win on Swift Witness, and 15 each way on Von Trapp, who's you know just a little bit of opus and, and can run a bold race for me. Beautiful. All right, Epsom handicap, 10 each way for me on Dallas San, my favorite South Australian galloper. Um, 20 each way on Ice Bath, my favorite wet tracker, other than Colette. And uh 20 on Arameo. I think I think he's probably the one that will be very, very hard to beat in this race. Blake? Indeed, indeed. Hard to go against any of those, um, Jason, but you could have you could have the whole field in this race. You're going uh, against all of them. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so um, so six between us, like you said, um, surely, surely one of them gets up. Yeah. Um, I'm going, I'm going 10 each way on reloaded. I think he's the dark horse and and he's the value for me. I've already taken the 50 bucks and I'll probably have something else on him uh, depending on what happens on the day. Um, 15 each way on a tissue who who won the the big lead up race that that other horses have won coming into this and, and then won in this race as well. And then 25 each way on Mawunga who I think has the clear best form in this race and deserves to have that big weight uh, against against the other horses in this race. So 
that's the that's the Epson handicap. And now we go to the Metrop. Uh, Jason, where are you putting your hundred bucks? Twenty bucks each way on Montefilia. Going each way just because uh, I think she's a little bit susceptible at the two hundred and forty meters. Or two hundred and forty meters. Two thousand and forty meters. Um, she'd love it to be two hundred and forty meters, <laughs> but um. Mm. Big race. So, yeah, t- yeah that, that's one of those races in America where they have like 100 meter races at Los Santos at like bloody 10 a.m. on Sky Racing One. God. My, mom's, my mom's betting on that with a kill of fucking each way bets, but regardless. Uh, yeah, I'm going each way just because it's a, you know, what is it, an 18 horse field? Probably get like $3 a place or 280 a place, something like that. So 20 each way, Montefilia, 20 each way, Attorney. If Attorney didn't draw bad, I'd have him top pick, but he's drawn terribly. And Zarek, $10 each way. Too easy, and and for me, I'm I'm taking a little bit more risk in this race. I think um, I think given given what I saw from on those times, those those late sectionals for Montefilia, she's the one to beat for me. So I'm having fifty to win, uh, straight on the head for Montefilia, and then saving with twenty to win on Entente. Uh, like I said, I think the market's got this one pretty pretty well spot on. So seventy of the hundred for me is on those those two that are sharing favoritism at the moment, and. 15 each way on Zarek, who was double figures at one point, but now now a little bit shorter. Hopefully he drifts a little bit so I can uh, get a get a nice each way price for that horse. But uh, it's uh, it's unlikely, I think, based on what we've seen from him. Yeah, I think when I do the results next week, SP be like three dollars fifty. So <laughs> maybe not that far, but yeah, he's he, he'll not have in to, Hong Kong. <laughs> you'll have to drift. Like seven dollars is is at currently that that's the bottom. So. Listeners, like Chanting, he can't start any shorter. There's just no way he's going to start shorter. Mm. But anyway, he has to go back at the double figures. Like seven dollars is stupid. He's it shouldn't be a seven dollar chance this field. You know, he's anyway. I'm going to leave it like that. If you're on, if you want to be on Zarek, you're not on Zarek. I'd, I'd say wait because that's what Blake and I will probably be doing. Regardless, best bets, best bets, Blake. You go first, sir. Because All right, best bets. Nice one. Uh, too easy. I um. I touched on before Friday, we're going to Hong Kong in, in race three and we've got speed Feifei there. Um, so just refreshing that, that one there, but I've also got uh, one that I'm quite keen on Jason uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday at, at Ramwick and um, it goes by the name of Mask Crusader in the, uh, the group one. That's not a group one, I guess you could say because Rothfire and Mask Crusader as well as lost and running uh, coming out of that, um, that 1100 meter race uh, last time, I think given they're going up to the 1200 now and Mask Crusader's drawn barrier three, it's it's his race to lose in my opinion. Uh, like I was saying to you earlier, I think every other horse in this race, you you know, the, there are question marks on for different reasons. Rothfire obviously, you know, has he, has he come back? I, for me, that run was a pass first up, but I still want to see him actually, actually put a really, really sort of, big run up where you can say, okay, he's up on the same level as Mars Crusader because Mars Crusader has done nothing wrong. He, he, that was a phenomenal win first up at Caulfield. And then the run at Ramwick, the closing sectionals were great. Um, and it just wasn't his, his type of race over the 1100 meters. So I think, um, you know, that's, that's the knock and, and, and queries that I've got on Rothfire, but there are queries on every other horse in this race for me. So, so plain and simple Mars Crusader. I think I can't see him starting $2.50. I, I think he'll shorten. I, I can see him getting very close to $2, even even odds for me. Um, where, where are you looking for your best bet, Jace? Just got to stick with my trial file, Cool and Gatto. I was really impressed with that trial, and I think she might be a very, very smart customer, and I won't be surprised if we're speaking about her in future podcasts. Um, for my other bets, I'm only giving away one bet because I, I want you guys to be joining us for the Saturday Racing Package. Come on, guys. All these 50 get around points. it, get around it. Come on, guys. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> gotta wrap things up. Um, that competition we mentioned earlier, the TikTok competition team, very elegant or team incentivize, or I guess Blake would want to call it Goliath, uh, David versus Goliath. So that's the <laughs> that I might use that as the um, as the little photo that might be actually quite funny. Um, so yeah, that'll be posted on TikTok probably tonight around seven or eight o'clock once I start editing all of this. Um, and yes, it's gonna be a huge weekend of Saturday racing. So oh, I suggest sign up to our Saturday racing package. We've had two winning weeks in a row, about 30 or 40% ROI. Um, 
And yeah, our website, cginsight.com.au. If you have any questions, come to Campbell's Gambles, Facebook and Instagram, um, or, or our email and just shoot away because yeah, we, we're very confident this week. It's a big week. There's going to be four group one previews fully written from yours truly. And yeah, I think both Blake and myself are very excited for, the, for a big week of racing. Yes, sir. Very, very keen. Find yourself a comfy spot on the couch and grab a few beers, I reckon. Yeah. Got the grand final on Saturday night. We've got Moody Valley and Hong Kong on Friday night. It's it's a weekend where you're going to just, you, you sit down on Friday, you stay That's there, it. you sleep on the couch, you wake up on Saturday, get a bit of form in, races start, races finish, straight into the grand final. It's just back to back to back. It just doesn't stop. Living life to its absolute fullest. That's <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, guys, for listening to another episode. Blake and I will leave you now. Best of luck for your future investments on Saturday. See you later.